0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 681 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today, going to do an episode that I've kind of been looking forward to doing. I wanted to kind of, um, you know, see how the preseason played out a little bit before uh, diving into this topic. That topic, of course, is who could and should and will start the season on the top line right wing spot alongside Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And of course, you know, there's a lot of different options for the New York Rangers here. The ones I'm going to focus on today are Capo Caco, Sammy Blay, Barclay Goodrow, Jimmy Vesey, and Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere is the one that actually has not played there, at least to date. Uh, In my very humble opinion, he might actually be the best choice, but you know, we're going to talk about all five of these players and kind of look at the pros and cons of going with all of them. I thought about including Julian Gauthier in this list as well, but I mean, let's be honest, it's not going to happen. Gauthier played in 49 games with the Rangers this past season. I saw a stat where he only got one start in the top six, so I can't see the Rangers, you know, suddenly on a whim at the end of the preseason here, all of a sudden just deciding that, oh yeah, Julian Gauthier, he's going to be there. Um, You know, and other guys here, some are more likely than others, but we're going to go through it all. I, I think, Everybody I, I listed is at least conceivable to uh, you know start the season on that top line right wing spot. So yeah, we'll do that. I'm also going to have uh, some final thoughts at the end of today's episode, just on the current state of the New York Rangers' current line combinations. Things seem a little bit unsettled right now, especially as we head toward the start of the regular season here. And I also want to do uh, a quick uh, synopsis of the Hartford Wolfpack Pack preseason opener, they started their preseason yesterday, Thursday, and uh, posted a 5-4 to four win against the uh, Bridgeport Islanders, so that's what's coming up, but we start once again with uh, kind of the meat and potatoes of today's episode, and that's going to be trying to des- determine who will be the top-line right winger when the season starts against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think first and foremost, we're going to go ahead and take a look at Capo Caco, and I'm not like ranking them or anything like that, the order that I, you know, talk about these players Is pretty much irrelevant. Like I said, we're just going to go one at a time here. But we'll start with Capo Caco. He did most recently skate on the top line at practice. uh, Had a two goal game against the uh, the Bruins, and the Rangers lost that game. But you know, Capo Caco getting a look at practice after that two goal performance on the top line. And you know, I just mentioned the the two goal you know, game that he had against the Bruins. I like the idea of rewarding somebody after they play well, after they have a big game. And obviously, Kaka was very good in this past game. We can look at the two goals. We can also look at the fact that he was just very active. Uh, I thought the kid line was tremendous in that game, did a great job possessing the puck in the offensive zone, uh, maintaining pressure, seemingly one strong shift after the next Pretty much for the whole game, but uh, especially from the second period on, Kakko also led all Rangers with five shots on goal. He was tied with Filipito, his line mate, in that department. And, you know, with Capo Kako, if he's going to play on the top line, the one drawback, depending on how much you like the kid line and how much you would like to see the three of them continue to play together, is that obviously if you put Kako with Mika and with Kreider, then you are breaking up the kid line. And the kid line, as we saw last season in the playoffs, great source of energy for the New York Rangers. Those three really seem to click together, you know, down the stretch last year and certainly into the playoffs as well. Um, So, you know, there is that drawback. But, you know, Kako is somebody that the Rangers are really going to need this season. He's somebody that the Rangers need to get going. I mentioned after the preseason game against the Bruins that if you could pick any player on the Rangers... To have a two-goal performance, it would probably be Capo Caco because he's the guy that the Rangers— hes he's really could be an X-factor this season. Going into year four, the Rangers need to get more out of Capo Caco than they've gotten in recent seasons. And one way to do that is to move him up the lineup and uh, have him on the right wing with Mika and Kreider. As far as he would fit with those two players, you know, I like it. I like it more than, you know, a lot of the other guys on this list and a lot of the guys that project more as bottom six forwards. Uh, I think Caco has really come a long way. In terms of his ability to possess the puck, he seems to be more willing uh, this past season, more so than his first two seasons in the league, to use his size and his strength to his advantage. And why not? You know, he's a big, strong kid. I get the feeling, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, that He probably didn't really need to rely on that in other leagues that he's played in. You know, he was just so used to always being the best player out there that he could just get by on skill alone. Uh, But, you know, this is the NHL and, you know, you got to have some grit to go with that skill as well. Uh, I think he does a nice job, again, you know, just kind of using his body to protect the puck. Uh, We see him, you know, really drive possession uh, for the Rangers and for this kid line. And overall, you know, he's done a great job with them. Uh, And something else that's kind of interesting with Kako, you know, we mentioned that puck possession is a strength of his game. He can use strength, and he can also use some finesse. Uh, with the strength, you know, again, he's, he's good along the boards. He's good at, you know, maintaining possession of the puck and not allowing guys to knock him off of the puck. But we've also seen him at times use finesse uh, to maintain possession. We saw that. Uh, the shining example to me and the one that, you know, will always stand out, you know, for me is the... Uh, playoff series against the Penguins last year, there was a, a situation where the Penguins are down by a goal, it was late in the game, and Kako's got the puck behind the Penguin net, and he's going this way, and he's going that way. They couldn't even lay a finger on him. Uh, he was just stopping on a dime, going back in the opposite direction. They couldn't even lay a finger on him, much less actually get the puck away from him. So uh, Kako, that's one of the strengths of his, and it's possible that, you know, if he plays with Mika and Kreider, he can bring that to the table, just allow them to, uh, you know, have a little bit more ozone time, and, uh, you know, again, Capo Kako still has that upset and one of the ways to maybe get the best out of him is to play him with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Cryer, just two fantastic players. So uh, I think Kako, just like a lot of other players, uh, you'll see his production increase if he's able to uh, you know, lock down this top-line right-wing spot. I will say, though, it'd be pretty wild to see Kako going from a healthy scratch in the final game of the playoff run last year, which I still do not agree with. But to see him go from that... Uh, to opening this season on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Cryer. That would be uh, quite the turnaround in just a couple of months here. It's still crazy to me that Kako was scratched for that game when you consider that he sat in favor of, you know, Kevin Rooney and Dryden Hunt and also a version of Ryan Strom who basically could not even skate at that point. And, uh, you know, Kako was, was watching from the press box. So, uh, but again, it'd be a unique turnaround in just a short amount of time here. Kako goes from healthy scratch in the playoff finale to now potentially playing on the top line on opening night. Uh, quite the 180. But uh, we're going to continue talking about the other options here. we got a lot of other players to get to. We want to talk about Lafreniere, uh, Blay, Goudreau, and VZ. We'll get to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The easiest and fastest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net. Or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And so, yeah, going to just pretty much keep going through uh, all the different options for that top-line right-wing spot. The other thing I'm going to do at the end of today's episode, I don't think I mentioned this in the intro, uh, I posted a poll on Twitter uh, where I asked you guys to vote on who the top-line right winger should be. So we'll show those results at the end of today's episode. But for right now, let's go ahead and turn our attention to Sammy Blay. Four assists in 14 games last season. And then, of course, taken out on a dirty play. We don't need to rehash that whole thing. Um, but I will say, you know, Blay does intrigue me a little bit. Um, as far as, you know, non-traditional top six forward options are concerned, I think he's my top choice. I think I would take him over VZ, over Goudreau, and... um over Gotier as well for even including Gotier. I'll give I'll give Gotier a little bit of an honorable mention at the end of today's episode, but I don't think he's a realistic option. Um, part of the reason for that is that Blade to me still represents a little bit of the unknown. I think he showed some good things uh, this past season, the brief amount of time that he got to play with the Rangers. It was only the 14 games. Uh, he had him and Alexi Lafreniere linked up for just an absolutely beautiful goal. Uh they dubbed it the French connection. I think at some point we're going to see need to see the two of them on the same line. Uh just 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 for that, you know, just for no reason other than uh, we can call it the French connection. But a uh, beautiful goal there. And uh you know, Sammy Blay again, somebody that more known for his physical hockey than his scoring prowess, but that's not the worst thing either. You know, Blay can add a, more of a physical, uh, you know, dynamic to that top line with Mika Zabanajad and with Chris Kreider. And again, with Blake, it's something of the unknown. You compare him to the other, you know, non-traditional top six forwards uh, that the Rangers have as options to open up the season as the top line right winger. You've got Goodrow. Now, Goodrow, to be fair... This past season, his first with the Rangers, set new career highs in both goals and assists. So he chipped in offensively a little bit more than we thought he was going to. But with Gaudreau, you know, you think more of, you know, a strong defensive forward. Uh with VZ, a couple of decent seasons to start his career with the Rangers, and he's since been bouncing around the league and hasn't really done a whole lot from a scoring perspective. It's hard to believe at the age of 29 that he's gonna finally, you know, put all the pieces together and figure it out. And with Gotier, again, I I just don't know how likely it is that he'll even gain any consideration to play in that top right-wing spot, and so kind of by process of elimination here, I have to go with Blais, uh over those other three, at least. Uh, blay has got a sneaky good shot, so it could be interesting to see him out there with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing Mika Zibanejad feed him a couple of one-timers from time to time, and, you know, I, I talk about the unknown, and I talk about upside. To be fair and to look at the other side of that, uh, we do have to acknowledge the fact that Sammy Blay has played in 133 career games, has only scored 17 goals, and dished out 22 assists. Um, and he is 26 years old. It's not like he's just getting started in his NHL career and still has to figure things out. But again, I just think that you know because we don't know for sure what Blay is going to give us, and because I think he has a little bit more upside than VZ, than Goodrow, than Gauthier, at least in terms of scoring, then I think he would be my top choice uh, to you know play in that top line right wing spot. And again, I would probably go with Lafreniere or Caco over Blay. If I'm kind of ranking them, but if you want to keep the kid line together, then I think Blay essentially becomes your your best option uh, once again in that spot with Mika and with Kreider. So we'll see how it goes, but if the kid line remains intact, then I got to go with Blay uh, top line right wing. I do want to give uh, Barkley Goodrow a fair trial uh, for sure as well, though. As I just mentioned, you know, career highs as far as offensive numbers. He plays in 79 games with the Rangers. Career high, 13 goals. Career high, 20 assists. Obviously, a career high of 33 points. And then he had one assist in the nine playoff games that he appeared in. And Goodrow, to me, kind of represents the uh, sort of the play it safe pick. You know, I I think maybe Goodrow, he's the guy that, you know, for the most part has been the best player of this bunch. If you just look at all around game uh, for his NHL career and, you know, he, he brings uh, some good defense to the table. He's, you know, a four checking grinded out kind of forward. And there's nothing inherently wrong with going up pl- with a player of that skill set on the top line. It's just not the option that I think is going to get most people uh, the most excited, you know, going with Barclay Goodrow on that top line over, you know, one of the kids or even Sammy Blay, because again, The biggest thing that Barclay Goodrow brings to the table is strong defensive hockey from a forward. Well, Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider do that too. So it becomes a little bit redundant. You know, his best trait becomes a little bit redundant on that top line. And I think Barclay Goodrow would be better served and the Rangers would get more out of him if he was on a line where, you know, he's far and away the best defensive forward. Like, think about a hypothetical third line of Barclay Goodrow and let's say Philip Heedle and um, let's say Vitaly off the three of them. Well, you know, whereas with Mika and Kreider, they're both strong defensive forwards. Kravtsov and Hedl not really known for strong defensive play, but barclay Goodrow is. And I think barclay Goodrow could help a pairing like Kravtsov and Hedl more than he could help a pairing like Kreider and Mika. Because again, Mika and Kreider, very good defensive forwards. So, you know, it's an option. You know, we know how Gallant seems to like his... Uh, his veterans and so it's possible that he just goes with goodrow because he has more trust with goodrow than anybody else obviously whoever plays with Mika and with Kreider is going to have a lot of uh a lot of minutes and again I think Goodrow might be the most trusted player of the entire bunch that I'm going to talk about here today. I just don't see the offensive upside with Barclay Goodrow that I do see with some other players. So for that reason, um, you know, I could live with Goodrow on the top line, but he's definitely not my top choice, uh, you know, to start the season there. And so, uh, I figure we're gonna keep everything rolling in uh, just a second. We gotta talk about uh, still Alexi Lafreniere. We gotta talk about Jimmy Vizi and a couple of honorable mentions at the end here. And then, uh, like I said, I also want to show the poll that you guys participated in and um, you know see how the results of that shook out. And also, gotta talk a little bit about uh, once again the Hartford Wolfpack preseason opener, which occurred yesterday, Thursday. We will do all of that in just a second. All right, keeping things uh, rolling right along here, we're going to talk about a player that is my pick to start the season on the top line, right-wing spot, and that would be Alexi Lafreniere, skated in 79 games with the Rangers this past season, 19 goals, 12 assists, and then in 20 playoff games, another two goals, another seven assists. As I said, my top choice. Um, You know, you look at this entire group and everybody we're talking about here today, and you ask yourself the question, okay, which guy has the most upside? Which one of these players, if some, if one of them is going to just explode this year and just take his game to, you know, uh, an entirely new level and just become a big-time star player, who's it going to be? I think it's Alexi Lafreniere. I don't think really much of a case could be made for anybody besides Lafreniere and Kako. Everybody else uh, kind of has a limited ceiling. But with Lafreniere, you know, I, I, just, I like his all-around game. I was just stunned by the fact that that, uh, you know, he was stuck on just three assists for a really long time this past season, and I'm watching this guy play, and I'm saying, like, man, you know, Lafreniere, he makes too many good passes to only have three assists. It was just one of those weird situations of, you know, sometimes stats just kind of happen. I think that was the case there. But if you put him on a line with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad, two bona fide snipers, uh, I believe that you will see Alexi Lafreniere's assist skyrocket. I think he'll also set a new career high in goals. I mean, he had 19 this past season, but he'll be getting some great passes from uh, Mika Zibanejad for sure. He'll be on the ice a lot more. And like I said, I think Alexi Lafreniere will, I mean, I don't know if, if he'll quite be the exact player that the Rangers and everybody seemed to think that they were drafting. You know, he... Has a long way to go if he's ever to reach you know, the lofty career expectations that were sort of thrust upon him when he was drafted. But you will see Alexi Lafreniere uh, have what is far and away the best season of his career if he plays on this top line. I'm convinced uh, of that. And one thing I also want to talk about here, you know, I used to have some reservations about moving Alexi Lafreniere from the left wing to the right wing because a couple of reasons. For starters, you draft somebody that's a generational talent, quote unquote, I don't think the best thing to do is to immediately change their position. And on top of that, you know, going into not this year, but last year, you know, the Rangers are kind of overloaded on the left wing. You've got Kreider, you've got Panarin, you've got Lafreniere. I felt that of the three of them, it would make the most sense to move Kreider. You know, you leave the uh, inexperienced Lafreniere at his natural position Panarin's Panarin, so you don't move him, so by process of elimination, I thought the best thing to do would be to move Chris Kreider to the right side, but after the season that just happened, Chris Kreider just scored 52 goals as a left winger, so I don't think you want to move him either, Panarin's still Panarin, you're not going to move him, I think to kind of correct this imbalance here, if somebody has to switch sides, I think it should be Alexi Lafreniere, and part of the reason why I don't really have any reservations about that anymore is because, you know, Lafreniere himself has said that he'll play the left side, he'll play the right side, he doesn't care, he's kind of made it known that he wants to be a top six forward. That's kind of his goal. And on top of that, we saw Alexi Lafreniere kill it as the right winger on this line last season. Uh, it didn't last for that long. It was not too long after the Vetrano trade. Lafreniere was up there for like six or seven games in a row, had like a six or seven game point streak, looked really good with these guys. And then they uh, kind of made the the juggling of the lineup. Vetrano moved up to the top line. Lafreniere was down with the third line. That's pretty much where he stayed uh, the rest of the season. But, you know, whatever hesitation I might have had to put Alexi Lafreniere on the right wing. I don't really have it anymore because he's shown that he could do it. He himself has said that he doesn't mind doing it. So I think we're all good as far as, you know, positions uh, are, are concerned here. I, I just don't think it's uh, too much of an issue. And as I talked about, I think Lafreniere, the one player, and this is with all apologies to the kid line because he certainly seemed to click with Heedle and Kako down the stretch and in the playoffs, and they definitely had chemistry. But the one player for me, that Lafreniere has clicked with more than anybody is Mika Zibanejad. The two of them just seem to have a way of finding each other. They know where the other one's going to be. And I want to see the two of them uh, start to, uh, or continue rather, to make some magic this season, setting up setting each other up for some really nice goals. Uh, we'll see if they get that opportunity. And, you know, the one last point that I got to make here. You know, again, Lafreniere coming into the league, quote-unquote generational talent, right? Those aren't my words. I'm taking the words of, you know, professional scouts, people who do this for a living. The general consensus about Alexi Lafreniere was that this is the best player to be available in an NHL draft in a very, very long time. So, with all that in mind, you know, are we really going to leave him out of the top six in favor of one or more of players like Jimmy Vesey and Vitaly Krasov and Sammy Blay? and barkley Goodrow. No disrespect to any of those players, but I don't think I'm going out on a limb here where I say that you know Lafreniere by far has the most potential and the most upside and the highest ceiling of any of those players. So to me, it just does not compute. Leaving Alexi lafreniere and I know everybody likes the kid line. I like the kid line too. I floated out the idea of, you know, you maybe could stack the top line with Mika, Kreider, and Panarin. And then the second line is the kid line. And the third line, you do something like, you know, Trocek, uh, maybe Krafts off Goudreau, VZ, you know, some combination of, um, of those players. And that would get the entire kid line into the top six. But for me, Alexi Lafreniere, it's time to take the training wheels off. It's time to really see what you've got. And I don't think you can do that if he's not getting top six minutes. If they do leave him on the kid line and they're still the third line, then I hope that their ice time is at least somewhat comparable to the top two lines. Because we got to get more out of Alexi Lafreniere this season. And for me, like I said, still my top choice to uh, slot in on that top line there, play with Mika, play with Kreider, and uh, you know get top line minutes and just see what Alexi Lafreniere can do. So, one more player that I want to talk about here, as far as uh, you know, somebody that seems to be in the running for the top line right wing spot, and that would be Jimmy Vizy. To begin with, I mean, VZ has to make the team. He's in on a PTO, but I think he's played fairly well in this preseason. Didn't really stand out that much in the most recent game, but for the most part, he's done a good job. Uh, Last year, 68 games for Jimmy VZ with the New Jersey Devils. Scored eight goals. Also had seven assists. And, you know, VZ's first three seasons in the NHL, uh, those all came with the Rangers. And, you know, he actually used to play with Chris Kreider and uh, Mika Zabanajad. Off the top of my head, I can't remember for sure if those guys were ever, you know, typical line mates, but, you know, obviously they cross paths at times. You know, Kreider, Mika, and VZ were all here for three years together, and, you know, Mika and Kreider have been here ever since, but, uh, you know, with with VZ, there's at least some familiarity uh, playing with Kreider and Mika Zibanejad, so if that's worth anything to anyone, you know, I gotta at least throw it out there. I mean, the last time they played together, I believe, was the 2017-2018 season, but, Uh, They are former teammates. And, you know, with VZ, if if you want to make a case for him, there's the whole idea that maybe the Rangers can finally unlock that potential. You know, he's somebody that won the Hobie Baker Award in college, which goes to the best college player while he was playing at Harvard, was a highly coveted player coming out of college, had the best three seasons of his career with the Rangers. Uh, In those three seasons, he combined for 50 goals and 40 assists. So not too shabby. I mean, not like eye-popping numbers, but not bad either. You know, somebody that was a productive player. And ever since then, he's kind of just been bouncing around the league uh, from from one team to the next. Sabres, Leafs, Canucks, Devils, and now back to the Rangers. And in those... Uh, Three seasons combined, you know, his non-Ranger seasons, just 22 goals and 23 assists. So if you want to make a case for VZ, you could say, well, you know, he's finally on a good team. He's back with the Rangers where he did well. He might have a chance to play with Mika and Kreider, you know, his two former uh, teammates there. But... I just don't see it. You know, I don't think at the age of 29, Jimmy Vesey is suddenly going to become this offensive juggernaut and this guy that's capable of playing on the top line night in and night out and somebody that can keep up with, uh, you know, Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. I suppose crazier things have happened, but there just isn't enough evidence for me to believe that that's going to be the case. And, you know, I give Vesey some credit because— You know, from a scoring perspective, he has been a disappointment in his NHL career. I don't think there's any other way to say it. But over the past few seasons here, he's sort of reinvented himself as a gritty, you know, penalty-killing defensive forward. And that's allowed him to, you know, basically stay in the league and, you know, carve out a role for himself on all these different teams that he's played for. And now, of course, he's back with the Rangers. Uh, This most recent game for VZ in the preseason, I don't think he stood out as much as he did in his prior games. And what was kind of ironic for me in this most recent game is that, The best play that he made actually occurred when he was not on the ice with Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider. He was out there with Trocek and Panarin, and Trocek forced a turnover in the attacking zone. Uh, VZ got control of the puck and then made a really nice kind of backhand drop pass for Artemi Panarin. Panarin took it in stride, uh, just ripped the puck at the net, bounced it off the crossbar, ends up going back the other way, and the Bruins scored what turned out to be the game-winning goal, but that was a nice play for VZ there. Don't think he really did enough with Mika and Kreider to really... Uh, you know, establish himself as the favorite or anything like that as it pertains to opening the season on that top line. So we'll see what Jimmy Veezy. I mean, it is kind of a nice story of if, if he makes the team, I suppose. And uh, maybe he ends up doing more for the Rangers than some of us would have expected. We'll keep our fingers crossed that that turns out to be the case. But I just cannot sit here and say, yeah, Jimmy Vesey is my, my choice to open the season on the top line. We shall see. As far as honorable mentions, I mean, these are guys that I suppose it's conceivable, but they don't really appear to be getting any consideration. Uh, that would be the aforementioned Julian Gauthier. Just can't see the Rangers going down that road. Uh, I guess you could technically throw Vitali Krasoff out there, but if Krassoff is going to be in the top six, which is looking very iffy right now, but even if he is, you got to figure he'll be out there with Artemi Panarin. You know, Panarin's kind of taking him under his wing. They spent a lot of time together. You know, on the same line in training camp. They were out there on the same line in this uh, this most recent preseason game, and. We'll see. I mean, right now they have VZ out there with Trocek and Panarin. We'll see if the preseason game, if it's VZ with them or if Krasov gets another chance, but can't see Krassoff uh starting the season on the top line right wing spot. And I suppose, you know, Philip Heedle, I don't think they're gonna do that. They seem pretty committed to leaving him at center. There's been no indication that they're even considering that. But Philip Heedle on the right wing with Mika and Kreider, I guess, you know, it's at least possible we see that at some point this season. I don't think it's gonna happen to uh at least start the season, though. And then um Something else that I wanted to do, I mean, I, I've talked long enough about this, in my opinion, on who the uh, the uh, top-line right-winger should be, so I figure we might as well go ahead and uh, hear from you guys here. So what I'm going to do is I am going to take a look at the poll here and uh, if I can figure out how to do this. Yeah, there we go. So there's our Twitter poll, and as you guys can see that are watching on YouTube, I put up a poll a couple days ago here where basically I just asked you guys who the top-line right-winger should be. Want to get your opinion on this as well. We got 53 votes, so not too shabby. Uh, but, you know, for anybody listening in audio form, this was the tweet that I sent out. Ranger fans, if these are your only options, who would you like to start the season on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider? And then I listed uh, four players as, you know, options because at the time it was looking like uh, the kid line was going to remain intact. So the four players that I included here were Jimmy Vesey, Barclay Goudreau, Sammy Blay, and Julian Gauthier. As, uh, as far as how you guys voted, uh, Sammy Blay won. He got 50.9% of the votes. Jimmy Vesey was in second place, 28.3% of the votes. Uh, Barclay Goodreau got 17% of the votes. And Julian Gauthier, a measly 3.8% of the votes. So you guys have spoken, and I agree. I think if it's going to be one of these four players, this Sammy Blay would probably be my top choice. Brings the physicality, and... Again, it's just the fact that there's a little bit more of an unknown factor. We've only seen him play 14 games with the Rangers, and he's got a really good underrated shot in my very humble opinion. So, yeah, I think I think I would give Sammy Blade the first crack at it if it has to be one of these players, although my overall top choice is definitely Alexi Lafreniere. And uh, while we're at it here, you know, looking at Twitter, I might as well go ahead and uh, read the comments that you guys wrote here as well. We actually got a tweet from my mom here. She says, should have signed Vitrano, and it would be a no-brainer. And she's absolutely right. If, if Frank Vitrano was still on this team, we wouldn't even be having this debate. We'd be talking about something else. We'd be talking about how the third line is going to shake out or who's going to win the the 13th forward spot or you know who's going to line up on the fourth line on opening night. Is Ryan Reeves going to be out there? Something like that. Uh, yeah, if, if Vitrano was still there, then yes, he would be in that spot for sure. I mean, he ended... Last season there, the regular season, he was there for, I believe, the entire playoff run with Mika and with Kreider. And I do think the Rangers are going to miss Vitrano. He's one of those players with that shoot-first mentality. I think of all the guys that left in free agency, the Rangers might miss him more than anyone else. And I say that with all due respect to guys like Andrew Kopp, Tyler Mott, Ryan Strom. Uh, they're all—they all bring different things to the table. Uh, you know, cop and Mott, you think of like really good defensive forwards. Uh, but Vetrano—he of the whole group—is the one that you know, just fires the puck at the net and doesn't hesitate to do so. So I think the Rangers will miss that dynamic. By that same token, though, I do understand why the Rangers let him walk. Uh, he ends up getting three years at 3.65 million dollars per season, and given the Rangers' current salary cap situation, that was probably just a little bit too rich for their blood. So I understand why the Rangers didn't re-sign him. Would be nice to have him, though. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we also got a tweet here from Abe. He says, Oh, Lordy, what we would give for a none-of-the-above-ever option. I'll go with Goodrow for now. Yeah, I like I said, I, I think it should be one of the kids. I, I think Lafreniere is my top choice. Kako is my second choice. I'd go Sammy Blade number three if I'm going to rank my top three. Um, Goodrow I, again, it's kind of the play-it-safe option, but uh, I get why Abe would suggest that. And Eddie commented on this as well, and Eddie just says, none of the above. And uh I heard I heard from Eddie not too long after this, I think like a day later on Twitter, he's he's in Camp Caco. He he wants he wants Kako on that top line and I can certainly appreciate that viewpoint as well. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it for today. The only other thing I really wanted to do was to uh, you know, talk a little bit about the um the Hartford Wolf Pack. They just played their first preseason game against the Bridgeport Islanders and we'll continue to track uh the Wolf Pack this season. And uh, you know, see how all the Ranger prospects are doing and how they're faring. If they're going to be a playoff team, the whole nine yards. Uh, but yeah, they won their preseason opener against the Bridgeport Islanders, five to four. Uh, they did this after trailing three to nothing in the game. You had Blake Hillman scoring the game-winning goal at 15:40 of the third period. He broke a four-to-four four tie. Uh, Olaf Lindbaum, who saw a little bit of time between the pipes for the Rangers in the preseason, he started a net for the Wolf Pack, gave up the three goals. Uh, He got pulled in favor of Dylan Garand midway through the second period, which was planned. Uh, The Pack had planned to uh, give both goalies time in this game. Uh, The Rangers get goals from Patrick Kodorenko, Tim Theo Charidis, hopefully I'm saying that right, and Alex Whelan, Uh, and then they also get a goal from Laurie Pahuniemi. Pahuniemi tied the game at four goals apiece. And yeah, as I mentioned then uh, of course Blake Hillman breaks a tie, gives the Rangers the five to four victory or the Rangers the uh, the wolf pack. but yeah this is uh, one of only two preseason games for the Wolfpack. The other one will be happening today, Friday. It is also being played against Bridgeport. Uh, the game will be played at Trinity College. The Wolfpack then start the regular season on the road against the Charlotte Checkers on Friday, October 14th. And the Wolfpack's first home game is Saturday, October 22nd. That will be against the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton and Penguins. So definitely we'll, we'll keep an eye on the Wolfpack. Like I said, obviously the Rangers are always going to you know, be the— uh, the main focus of this podcast, but always good to keep an eye on the minor league teams and uh, prospects and what have you. So we will definitely continue to do that. But yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore Rangers, and definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.